Welcome to the Daily War Podcast. My name is Brian Whalen, alongside my co-host, Bill Brundage. Bill, how you doing? Doing great. Kelly Robinson. Kelly, how are you, my man? I am splendid. You're supposed to be a like a black 1970s baseball player with the name Kelly Robinson, just so you know. I am? Yeah. <laughs> to see okay. a... To see a average size British white man is a little <laughs> unique for Kelly Robinson. I like that average. That's that's pretty cool. Actually, most <laughs> people just call me that's, short. That's quite the compliment. <laughs> I'll take average every day of the week. We are in quite. You're the just mood a race right of very tall people in America. That's well, what it boils down to. Depends sometimes. Um, man, it's good to be together. We are uh, we are in quite the mood today. I'll tell you that right now. So you're in for a treat, listening audience. But we are coming to you uh, from our Pod One studio here and. Um, quick update we have uh, this is the second time we're gonna we're, we're attempting to record this episode because the first time we had a little issue a little technical issue with uh, with the recording but we are gonna go back it uh, back at it again and, and here we are doing another recording but and episode three by the way I had to take down briefly until I can edit it and cut out some parts that I said that my wife doesn't want me to say so we're gonna clean that up and put that back on there but um, here we are today, back uh, with Bill and Kelly, and uh, we got we got much to discuss. But I think we're going to focus a little bit on Kelly and your time uh, in London. Uh, we are okay. Um, first and foremost, I, I mean, was it technical problems? It possibly could have been. I didn't press the record button correctly, <laughs> so I mean, that arguably could be called technical. It could also be user error, or possibly the universe was telling us we wasn't in the right frame of mind to record, and it. Stopped us. Who knows? Could be. Could be. But Either we way. strive to be better men. That's right. And, Progress. Uh, and we tested this one a couple of times so we know it works. Those files have been deleted. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't follow that voice. Um, so my time in the UK, I mean, talk about absolute highs and lows. Um, so first and foremost, the, 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 the journey for that starts back, you know, when, when I was 18, I, I met a... Uh, young girl at the time Dion um, and I went to work at a company she was in admin I was in um, sales or, or trainee sales and uh, she was just kind of cool really nice person we got on really really got on well and she sort of took me under a wing she'd been working at the company for much longer than me and she was just basically one of those first people who was really nice to me we became friends and uh, you know jokingly I, I said at the time well if we ever do our own business or one day I'm going to run the you know the usual bravado like youngster one day I'm going to run this place and you're going to be my right hand gal and all this sort of stuff and, and and that's basically what happened we worked together from the age of 18 until recently when she sadly passed away and um, her husband Darren um, gave me the great honour he called, called us up and said look you know we'd love you to do the eulogy or read a tribute to her at a funeral and it would mean an awful lot to her and and to us and um so i was really honored to do that and it took about highs and lows so i flew into the uk or we flew into the uk on the friday morning the funeral was on the monday i had a kind of sketch of what i wanted to say but i hadn't really figured it out and i just kind of woke up that Saturday morning really early like 4.30 and you know part of that's jet lag but part of it is also the words are in my head and I just got my laptop out and I started typing and it just all flowed and I wanted the story to so you've all been to a funeral where they kind of go 
this is a wonderful person, this, that, and the other. And you kind of go, yeah, but that's not really the individual. I wanted to bring her personality. I didn't want anyone to leave that place, that church, without really getting a taste for who she was mm-hmm. or being able to resonate with a small part of the story. And and if anybody who knew Dion as well as I did knows that she was a straight talker and she had she was not afraid of cursing at all, <laughs> right? So I am going to use some words on this show, and if it offends somebody tough um but she was not afraid of cursing in the slightest so i used certain words in her tribute and her eulogy which you probably normally wouldn't use in a church um so yeah i mean one of the my one of my favorite and i brought in some stories from other people as well so one of the one of the stories i loved was from one of the sales guys that first met her 10 years ago and he said when i first met dion I just started at the company and my sales manager was off sick and I didn't really know what to do. This was when she worked, we were building a company together in London. And she she turned around to him and she said, well, you just pick up the phone and make some fucking phone calls. <laughs> and his comment was, and I've been doing that ever since. <laughs> How do you tell that story without yeah. swearing, right? Yeah. So, so there was a number of these stories and it was great. So first of all, I'd never done this before. So when I first walked up to the pulpit, you know, I looked at her husband, I looked at her daughters, she's got two wonderful kids, and and I cracked up. I knew I, I'd gone. And I looked at her husband, and he was gone, and that's it. So for the rest of the time, I couldn't make eye contact with him. When I said to him afterwards, like, I'm really sorry I wasn't making eye contact because a lot of this story was for you. I said, but every time I looked at you, I was going to cry. And he was like, well, that's good because I felt the same. So, mm. um, But, yeah, so I used a, a certain expletives in the... Um, <laughs> So, I mean, and, and of course, I wrote a ton of words. Like, I, I literally had like 20 minutes of speech. And then they said to me, well, the whole sermon, the whole uh, sermon's only 30 minutes. So you've got like eight. So I cut down to eight minutes. And um, it was going to be quite a long speech. So I cut it down to eight minutes. And I timed it on my phone. I go, okay, I got this nailed. And um, yeah, brought it to life. And then the, the minister afterwards, he stepped up and he said, well, I'd wanted a new pulpit for some time, but seeing as Kelly's now desecrated my church and my pulpit, I think I'm going to get one. That's I'm like, oh, great. I've just upset, you know, just upset the big man. So I'm like, beware of any lightning bolts. Um, so, but he literally afterwards, he, he, he took me to one side, he put his arm around me, he said, look, I was only joking. He said, oh, it was, you, you, you really shined a personality came through. And um, so I, I, I think we did a, there was a few people speaking or two of us speaking i think we did a good job to remind people who she was mm. and as much as it was difficult um i think the fact that we desecrated the church she would have <laughs> loved that she would have thought it was hilarious because um, some of the stories were just brilliant i mean this was a woman that just could never drive right i bought her a package of driving lessons and um and i'm not joking like the first time she's like oh, i don't think i'm really able to drive kel i just stick to like getting a cab which basically meant Darren and her husband was driving her everywhere and I'm like no no give it a try you want to learn to drive third lesson she came back walking through the office and she's like fuck bollocks I'm like what the hell's going on she, she literally she's holding the steering no, wheel no, she literally knocked the wing mirror off of the car she's driven it the wrong way onto a ferry and she'd end up in the fucking ferry going somewhere I was like how'd you do that you've got a driving instructor so like she just couldn't she couldn't figure out changing gear because everybody learns a manual sure. yeah. uh, stick shift in England. Yeah. Nobody learns automatic. So she couldn't comprehend changing gear and steering and, and looking at the window at the same time. <laughs> so we had some great stories to share. It was a it was a really touching moment. But, you know, 
the thing that you learn from that more than anything is when all said and done, it's the quality of the relationships with people that are important. Mm. And if we learn anything from what we talk about here, what you guys, what we're all trying to do is that put more focus and energy into the people in our lives, put more focus and energy into the relationships. Because it doesn't matter how much money you've got, it doesn't matter what you've achieved in your life, at the end of the day, when all said and done, that's the important thing. And I walked away from there thinking, there's all these people that I know that were in that, uh, were at that funeral, and we had all these lovely conversations and, and you know, the usual, oh, we must stay in touch, you know, drop me a line, let's keep in contact. And you know full well none of them are going to do that. So I've come away from it and said, you know what, I am going to make a conscious effort. They're going to go on my list and I am going to read. Even if it's just a quick WhatsApp message or a text message or a LinkedIn to say, hey, how are you doing? I enjoyed speaking to you the other day. I'm going to do that because I think it's really important and, and something that we, it's so easy to forget. The, the, the other lesson come from my husband, which is they always wanted to go and see Alcatraz together. And it was all, and they, by the way, this was in the UK, so, you know, bigger trip, got to fly to San Francisco, etc. But it was always, next year, let's go to see Alcatraz and keep kicking the can down yeah. the road. And now all of a sudden there isn't going to be next year. And he said to me, you know, we had the money. Why did we keep putting it off? Why didn't we do it? We kept making excuses, reasons not to do it, and now I'm never going to get to do that with her. And why, why wait? Why not just do stuff? You know, we're on this earth for a certain period of time. Who knows how long that's going to be? and value the friendships we make with people, value the time we've got with people, and stop, keep putting off things that we could do now to do next year. Yeah. Just get on and do it. That's so. a great point. I mean, for us, you know, one thing that in that vein we've tried to do, at least with my family, is, have, is do vacations. We, we, I never really did vacations as a kid growing up. It was, you know, we just had other things. We're strapped for money, and it wasn't, you know, I, we did a Disneyland trip one year, and that was like the big highlight, right? And so, and that was, I mean, I remember that to this day. <clears throat> and so I've tried to do that with Nina and the boys to schedule at least a spring break and one summer trip just because you're right. I mean, we're never going to have ample money. We're never going to have, you know, vacation time is always this and that. I mean, is, is work more important than, than taking the kids on a camping trip? I mean, it's just not for that reason because you never know what, what tomorrow is <clears throat> going to bring. Exactly. And I, I want to ask you a question on that front, actually, because... I find it almost impossible to get people to commit to. So when I first moved to the US, I came here, I set up a business, and I said, okay, these are the rules for vacations. Everybody gets 25 days PTO. Um, I expect you to take a long weekend every quarter, and I expect you to take a minimum of one two-week vacation in the year, two weeks back to back. Do you know how difficult it is to get Americans to take two <laughs> yeah. weeks off? It's like pulling teeth. I, I literally had to say to people, you know, you're not allowed back in the office for two weeks, and they used to fight me for it. Why is that? I don't know. I think that is a unique European perspective, first of all, on the whole ample vacation time. In the U.S., just that's just not culturally. We're just two weeks a year, maybe. I mean, this company I was at for the longest time, they only had one week for a new hire. It was, it was that was crazy. But but the other thing is, you know, there's this there's this whole rat race. At least for me, I'll speak for me. This rat race mentality that if you're taking ample time off. You're, you're missing out or you're losing out or your competition or the next guy or whatever is going to is gonna get one up on you or whatever. To climb that ladder, you got to keep on that ladder. And when you jump off, it's, you know, the, the threat is, the fear is that you're going to get passed up. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see all that. A phrase came to mind when you asked that question. Um, and because I've lived a part of this myself is the difference between living to work and working to live. And there's, and there's a difference between those two. Um, and it sounds like 
but here, you know, we, we adopt the idea of, you know, we live to work and that's just kind of what we do. Um, I don't know why it's the, the European perspective might be a little bit different on that, but, um, there was one company I was at that you could, you didn't get any, you didn't accrue any vacation time until after your first year. So for an entire year, you got zero, zero vacation and you're offering five weeks. No, we were, we were making you have five weeks required required yeah. to take five weeks. Yes. Required. And, and then Richard Branson has the, doesn't he have the model where you have unlimited vacation? Yeah. Which is kind of, I mean, it really translates to people don't tend to take more than five weeks. Five weeks is I think enough for people to recharge. And, and I would actively say to people, Hey, you know what, if you really want to, and, and it, it doesn't wash in America, but I tried it. If you really, really want to be brave, save four weeks for December and take December off and then save the first four weeks of your next year's annual vacation. It rolls over on the first of January and take all of January off and take two months off in one hit. I couldn't get a single person to do it. Even though I was, I was actively as a CEO saying, why don't you go and do this? Tell him to do it. Nobody would do it. Paid time off. Yeah. Paid time off. Yeah. I love the idea. Can yeah. I come work for you? Yes, yeah, sir. I'll do it. <laughs> I a small company nowadays. It was slightly bigger back in those days. Well, the other thing in California is, is vacation time is concerned is considered earned income. So some people want to save that in case they leave the company, then all that time gets paid out in a check. You know, I mean, there's that factor too, but you know, and even going back to your original point, Kelly, that you made, you made two points. The first was about keeping in touch with people. Yes. And I know for me, I mean, not that, not that it's malicious, but I, I am more of a deal with whatever's in front of me. And and usually that's the wife and kids and doing that stuff. That's my world, right? Right now it's baseball. And then, you know, that, I mean, I can't really plan anything on a weekend because it's baseball even during the week, but even with relationships, you know, there's been seasons in my life where we've gone through some significant things that I still call those people friends. Like, like one of the guys I went to college with and came out here to California with, uh, is I would consider a good friend. He now lives in Temecula. I've known him for 30, well, 40, well, 30 years. Uh, but I haven't talked to the guy probably in, in two, three years. And is that, I mean, is that normal? Like your, your friend Dion, I mean, how often would you reach out to her being over here? And you know, what does that look like? Well, we worked together for up until probably a year ago. Um, we managed to organize medical retirement for her. So... Um, she spent her time on the family and so forth, so didn't speak as much. But up until that point, all the time, because we, you know, we were in the same office or not in the same office, but in the same business, so there was a lot of connection. But I, you, th- there are so many people that I don't speak to, you know, a whole bunch of them I saw them at the funeral. That you just think a quick text, like it doesn't have to be like a full scale. I, I, my issue is I, I'm not going to sit and write somebody my life story in an email because I just it just doesn't come natural to yeah. me. But I can have a five-minute phone call, and and I thoroughly enjoy those. And yeah. you know what? You, but just it, time moves on, and you forget to do it. Yeah, just get caught up. So we need to add it to the core four. Yeah. Well, isn't isn't that technically part of it with the perpetuity when it comes to the balance? Well, that's. I mean, I, I do that right. So your 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 spouse and your kids, but I'm, I'm even talking, you know, friends and and people that <clears throat> are important to you. Oftentimes, uh, you know, at least for me, I don't find enough time. Often I do that when I'm in the car and I, and I want to make a phone call or do something. But a lot of times I'm driving super early and nobody in California is awake when I'm awake. And so I'll call. I've got a couple of East Coast friends that I might drop a line to or my brother who's in Wisconsin. But it's, uh, 
it doesn't happen, at least for me, it doesn't happen enough. And sometimes I, I feel like I should be more connected to these people that were close friends at one point. And they still are friends, but I just not, they're, they're in other direction, I'm in another direction, and you just lose sight. Yeah, and, and, and possibly, you know, when you go to something like a funeral, it kind of brings things into real clear focus, which, you know, dissipates relatively quickly afterwards, but it brings it into clear focus, and you think, you know, why have I let those relationships just dwindle a little it doesn't take much to just say hi to people and and so making more of a conscious effort to do that is definitely on my radar for the time being yeah i mean have you taken any specific action like on a daily basis just whatsapp no not on a necessarily on a daily basis but just pinged a few messages out on whatsapp spoke to a couple of people just to kind of have a one-on-one conversation see how they're getting on yeah so a start it's only been you know only been a week yeah i still go back to just being asked to give a eulogy and preparing for that eulogy and understanding the weight of that and how, and what do you say? You know, I mean, do you, I mean, obviously your goal was to bring out Dion's personality, which I think is, is the, is the target, but I could see, man, I could see just a lot of pressure and stress of having to convey this person's personality in this eight minutes and you had 20. That's, that's a challenge. Yeah, I think the challenge is, I mean, f- well, f- for me, I'm not naturally gifted at getting words onto paper. It's just not, it's something that I've always found quite difficult. Um, so I just, I don't know, connected in the morning and things started to flow and I just started typing and, and then I refined it afterwards and, and turned it more into a story. And I combined, I, I went out and messaged a bunch of people on um, Facebook and said, hey, could any of you share a story that's meaningful for you so i started to encompass other people's stories Mm. so it wasn't just about my relationship with her it was about everybody's relationship with her and we we could only speak i was only speaking from the work perspective so it was easier to connect the dots with people from there um but yes it's a it's a difficult thing and and and, you know i'm not ashamed to say that i like many people i started on google when i went to how do you write a great eulogy sure and then I went and watched some speeches on YouTube. I actually watched um, President Obama, former President Obama, deliver uh, the speech for John, eulogy for John McCain. Oh, yeah. Wow. And just to see, p- political sides apart, he's a masterful speaker. And he's yeah. really good at delivery. And so I wanted to kind of go, how do you take stock, timing and pace? Because my problem is the presentations I've always made are always uh, trying to close a sale. You know, sales background. I'm, a, I'm either pitching a product or a sale. I did not want to be in sales mode. And so I wanted to get the tempo and the pace right because I think that changes the tone of what you're trying to deliver. Sure. Um, and then I set the... Um, once I got that written, I set... There's a, a tool on your iPhone called Apple Pages, which is built mm. in, and it's got a presenter mode. And so you can put it in offline mode. You can put it up there and you can set the pace of which you want to speak and the words will come up like a teleprompter. Wow. wow. So I use that to keep the pace. That's impressive. It makes me think it makes me think of my own funeral. <clears throat> I don't know if you ever went there, but it makes no, me think No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> um and I've always had this idea that I would record myself like now and have a message ready to have this more of a celebratory experience and a celebratory you know vibe versus the somber tone that you always get at a funeral and then i'd have this video and i'd have this video you have to play this video and there's a party atmosphere and this and that and 
I mean, does that, does that, it sounds stupid as I say it out loud, but... No, it, it doesn't actually. I think that's a really cool idea. Um, I, I <laughs> Many years ago, we set something up called afterimgone.com, and it was exactly that. You could deposit whatever you wanted yeah. to, and then on death, we'd release it. Um, we, we didn't do anything with it, and I got chastised by family and wife, so it's just buried, but... Uh, no, I think that's a great. That's idea. a great I mean, that idea. Was, that was that's my thought. Is I don't you know for me, I believe it's you know death is a, a transition from life to what comes after your life here on earth, and that it's you know although it's difficult for those left behind, it is a celebration in my opinion, and that's that's the atmosphere I want to put out there. But I've I've never been to a funeral where the the deceased <laughs> has a video <laughs> that's playing. So I don't know how well that'd go over, but. It's your party. You can do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> and then what? And then you know who would go? I always think about that. Who would go to my funeral? Would it be? It's the relationships you're about to foster, right? Yeah. The people you connect with. Yeah. Wow. Because when it's all said and done, right? All the toys, all the trappings, all the cash—nothing matters at that point. But it's the people that you cared about and care about you that are going to be there. And is it open bar? I'm probably going to do an open bar. I think. <laughs> no, you got to do an open <laughs> yeah. bar. Can't Otherwise, no cash, one will turn up. Cash bar stack. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm English. If it wasn't if it wasn't an open bar, I really would be on my own. <laughs> like Sco- Scrooge's funeral, nobody's turning up. You guys ever think about that when you when you're when your dad who shows up? I've what never, are they going to say? I've never thought about that. When your who shows up? Like who's going to show up at your funeral, and, and what would people say about you? No, because I think I'm Peter Pan. I don't want to get old. And you fly? Still five and a half. <laughs> We sure act like it sometimes. Yeah. No, I've never thought about my funeral. Never. I mean, you thought I, about where if you want to be buried, cremated. Have you guys thought about that? Cremated. And have your ashes spread somewhere cool. That, that's another thing. Like, I want to, I want to like be buried or have my ashes spread in Paris. So when my kids go to visit dad, they go to some awesome place and not Buffalo, New York, where I go for my grand. <laughs> you know, another. I love Buffalo. Hey, I'm not saying that, but I want my kids to go to Hawaii or or somewhere that's worth a destination to honor their father but somewhere so far away well because you know the, to go to paris that's no easy feat when you're right, so from we'll do palm springs <laughs> <laughs> you never think of that no i've never thought about that ever I, I, I think you know they can turn you into like a diamond i think i'm going to become a diamond right you're going to do the cryogenic thing get frozen no 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 they they so they take compress your ashes you. and they compress it into like a black diamond or whatever i think and then 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 you know, I could be like hanging in the jewelry box or something. Pass from when do you father to wear son. Your, wear you around like a prize. Yeah, why is it the guys always die first? That's how it is. Yeah, okay, yeah, so she can, she can wear me on a bracelet or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, get a matching handbag probably with it. <laughs> She'd love that. Anyway. Well, that was a somber note. Yeah. Let's move on <laughs> from funerals. Let's go, let's Human go, jewelry. Let's go, let's go back to stairs and, and what you've been doing with your world. St- yes, I've been climbing a lot of stairs lately. Yeah, Bill, what's up with you? Um, in a season of transition, obviously, or for sure, today was my last official day with my employer. How was that? Uh, it was awesome. It was at 5.30 in the morning. Was, I drove out to downtown L.A., uh, gave them my their personal effects or the the effects of the company that I'd been given and took my three personal effects away and drove as I drove back at 545 6 I was driving east 
back in Orange County. And it was awesome because I was able to watch the sun come up. And with the weather storm that we've had recently, the mountains on this, the, or this, there were snow on the mountains, the backside of Corona, yeah. the Santa Margarita mountains, whatever you want to call them. I was able to watch the sun come up over the snow in Orange County. And it was just a great moment for me of, of, of freedom, of liberation, of, of a new beginning. That yeah. was the first, you know, I drove, I drove out there in the, in the, under the veil of night and came back, um, a free man and, and literally a, a new day had, had begun. Not only literally that the sun was coming up, but it's also a new day in my own personal freedom and liberation to, to write the next chapter of my life, to do the next thing that I want to do, not because I'm forced into it, but because this is, this is where I see my life going. This is where I want my life to go and to put myself in the position to have options and the freedom to choose what I want to do next. I, it's, you know, I've been, we, we've each been taking these little steps in all areas of my life. And this was the business one, the part of the core four. Um, the business component was really one that has been something that I've shied away from. It's never, it hasn't necessarily been a strength of mine. I think it's one thing it's been the part that has held me back or that I've been scared to acknowledge or really pursue. And after your challenge, like we've talked about a couple times, um, back in early February, I just decided that it was time to go all in. I'm sick and tired of sitting on the sidelines and watching life go by. I'm going to create my own next chapter. And I'm literally, I just turned the page today. And thankfully it's a blank page and I have a pen and I'm going to write, I'm going to write the next chapter. Yeah. Scary. But at the same time, I mean, you talk about burning the ships, you know? Yep. Now there's no turning back and there's no turning back none. And you know, I'm fortunate enough that I've got, you know, Kelly and I were talking before we came in here and you know, I've got a, I've got a padding for a couple months. Um, but you know, not nothing that I can, you know, I've got two little kids and, um, I've got a couple months to figure it out, but it's, uh, there is the, there is the, 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 the fear on one end. And I used to be driven by that fear of like, and and then the fear turns into the stories and the self-talk and the labels and all the things. And then before you know it, you've convinced yourself why you can't do something. And now it's that fear that, that motivates me to get beyond it. Like, no, I'm not going to allow myself to tell these to, 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 I can feel the fear, but I'm not going to let it then have the, the take the, the steps after that and the repercussions of the stories and labels and prevent action. So, um, I'm looking, so for, in the two areas I'm weakest, the, the business I've faced the fear and in the body too. Um, I've shared with you guys cause you know, we're part of the horseman group and we're on the boxer and we do our daily check-ins. Um, I've really started to push myself physically to the point of like literally physical exhaustion and my body is shaking convulsing and beyond that and it's it sucks (laughs) it really does suck and it is not fun but the end of it when i'm standing there shaking i feel free i feel liberated because it's in those moments of facing your fear that you find yourself and 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 it's especially nice for for me because i know that these i recognize that these are two the two my areas of where I have the largest potential for growth and here I am conquering fear and pushing beyond it. And it's so, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a really, it's a fun time. It's a, it's a scary time, but it's also, 
it's just a time of liberation and freedom for me that I'm really, really enjoying. Yeah, and personal growth. Yep. You know, you go through these things. I've, I've had, I've been fired. I've been laid off. I've been, uh, I've had a business going there. When you come out the other side of that, I mean, when you're in that, it's, it's, it's the lowest of lows, man. Mm-hmm. The pressure, the intensity, the, the, the self-talk, the negative self-talk that happens out of all that. It can be overwhelming, but if you if you do what you know you can do, and you buckle down and, and you focus on what's important and and do the work, then the results will come. And that's happened to me three times where something better came out of that trial. And I think the same thing is going to happen. I know the same thing is going to happen for you. Yeah, absolutely. And just and just to kind of paint the picture a little bit for everybody listening, um, since since you know the that I knew I was going to be moving on, I've applied to over a hundred jobs. I've got sixty eight. I've got documentation of 68 jobs that I've applied to that doesn't count the multiple, the hundreds of hours of conversation and text messages and everything else. Um, just prospecting and networking. And out of that, I got 10 callbacks or interviews and I have four vibe, four potential options from there. So again, just to paint that picture over a hundred applications wow. to find four viable options. So, you know, I, I thought, I thought, oh, this is, you know, I shouldn't have a problem getting a job. Well, that's, I'm sure I can find a job doing something sure, um, to for income, but to really, to get to where I want to be, um, one of the opportunities, I literally wrote a job description and present, and I've presented to multiple people and said, this is what I want to do for your company. And I've got one taker that's interested. So, um, you know, for anybody out there thinking about, what they want out of their life, know that it's not going to be easy. You're going to have to put in a crap ton of work and you're going to be told no a lot. Yeah. And and I read this quote the other day, I forget who said it, but he, he broke down. No, not in a negative way, but no now means next opportunity. Yeah. And like, I saw that. I'm like, that is, I've lived that for the last few weeks. Just, I've been told so many times, but it just, that, that doesn't, that just means, okay, what's, what's the next opportunity for me? Yeah. Well, and you've always you've always preached whatever you're afraid of, there's something there. There's a there's a gift there, and you're kind of leaning into that at this point, not having a source of income right now, and that is is about as fearful as it gets, at least for a guy like me. And to face that head on and to come out the other side, not only will you get a great opportunity out of this, but the personal growth you're going to go through, the confidence you're going to build, um, you know, the the you're doing a hard thing and you're going to have experience of getting through hard things. And that's a gift in and of itself. Yeah. And, and what I find now is as I face these fears and I start to, you know, you get pushback, you get resistance. It's you, you're pushing molasses up a sand hill, you know, it's not easy. Um, but once you start to gain some momentum and you start to work your way up, if I can do that, well, what else can I do? Yeah. And what else can I do and how can I build on that and just continue to grow and expand, just constantly growing and expanding and pushing myself to to threshold and beyond because that's the only spot that I've really found growth in my life. Yeah, the only way to know what you're really capable of is to put yourself in situations where you have to produce capacity. You have to see what you're able to do. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the season that you're in right now for sure. Exactly. And you're, you're doing what a lot of people who are listening to this are thinking about. You know, I'm in the job, I hate it, I want to do something new, but I'll start next week, I'll start next week. And, you know, some valuable lessons just to draw them out, right? You said, no, you know what, enough's enough, I'm going to quit. You said, burn the boats, no going back. And then another lesson, 
It's a 25 to 1 ratio between outbound job breach and somebody having a conversation. Yeah. So mm-hmm. don't don't apply for 10 jobs and go, well, this is terrible. Nobody wants me. Apply for 25 or apply for 50 or apply for 100 or, you know what, apply for 500. Mm-hmm. Do the work. And, you know, there's plenty of tools that you can kind of one-click apply now. Um, but but it would be really interesting each week to hear your journey step by step. So we now know that you've said, you know what, enough's enough. I want to work for myself. This is my vision. I'm out. Okay? I don't want to commute to LA anymore. By the way, none of the new jobs are in LA, are they? If nope. They, yeah, if they not are. one. Scratch that comment. Not one. Okay, not scratch, one. That, scratch that comment just in case. Um, but, you know, go out and apply 25 to 1. That's your ratio. Get your resume. Go out, apply Take a job description to people and say, this is what I can do for your business. That's fantastic. I love that. And, 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 and I look back, you know, I've had to go back and document all of my, the places that I've applied. And I look at my original application to what it is now. And then just in conversation, we, you know, remember we talked to uh, your, one of your employees, John, the other day, and he gave, he gave us a tip that I've incorporated and he kind of explained how sort of some of those one click apply things work and he's like every every week go back and update your resume mm-hmm. if you're adding a bullet taking something away um, because those will all stack on each other and if you don't update it for a few weeks well then now you're at the bottom of the stack but as soon as you update it now it gets moved to the top well then i'll give you a, an, another little tip which is uh works relatively well as well have a content block of keywords mm-hmm. in your resume if you haven't already done that but do them in white text so you don't actually see them but systems see them. And so when somebody's running a search for, you know, so, so, so say for example, you're, you know, you've got a certain expertise, you're a project manager, but there might be a bunch of other words around project manager that people might search on. If you've got a content block in white text, that's not visible to the eye, but the computer's still going to see it. And somebody searches on that word, you're going to come up in that search. Wow. That's well, like next level, right? That's behind the co- scenes. Content right block. That is, yeah. I hope everybody is writing that down right now. Yeah, that's and free. No, not, that's free, Yeah, it's free, but not everybody do it because then it ruined it. But <laughs> <laughs> just to select listeners of this show, okay? Yeah. A little content block in white text so nobody can see it, but the search engines will index it. And if somebody searches on that keyword, they'll find you. Yeah. Well, it, it, I, I did something similar with my LinkedIn with my LinkedIn and all the other, you just started adding those keywords in there, but I never thought to add it to the resume. So that's definitely, but again, it's, it's these little things that you learn along the way. Again, my first submission was just a resume that had some information in there. Now when I've, I've started to gain, gain traction. Well, now it's a cover letter. It's the resume. It's a list of the last 12 months, the construction projects that I've been on. Um, and depending on the applicant who I'm applying to, it's a list of my customers or people that I've worked with. So to show sort of network connections. Yeah. So again, in this span, it's gone from single page resume to that. And now that I've submitting this, now if, once I wor- add the, the keyword block, it's going to be a whole different level and then constantly updating it. It's just little stuff that you learn along the way and yeah. going through the process and the journey. So. Well, as Kelly said, it'll be fun to kind of watch this journey and go through it with you, um, you know, week to week here. So... Uh, speaking of tips, what's our what's our one tip for our listeners this week that we want to share? You guys have anything? I mean, I've got two. Yeah. Uh, take five weeks holiday, vacation. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna incorporate or, that. Or one. at least find the company that'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, and and if you can't do that, just you know what? Every week, reach out to somebody that that person. You said, you know, I should really call them a call at some point. Just stop saying I should have given them a call, should have, could have, would have, and just that. do it. Just 
just reach out and say hi. It doesn't yeah. have to be a long way. Or drop them a text. Drop them a one. I mean, we're, we're blessed right now, okay? Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, Telegram, yeah. whatever app, text. Like, you, you don't even need to pick up the phone and call somebody. You could just say, hey, you just thought, you know, hi, how are you doing? What's going on in your world? Yeah, you, would, that. you would think we would be more connected with all this technology, mm-hmm. and yet sometimes we're not. But we have to take the action. That's a good tip. Yeah. So, so there's, an, there's an interesting article this week, and I don't want to uh, own this section, but... Um, uh, what's it called? I think it's called, is it clear type? Uh, so, um, subtitles on TV programs. A lot of youngsters nowadays, particularly college aged kids, are turning subtitles on when they watch a TV program because it makes them and helps them focus. Because wow. otherwise, because it's an audio track, they're distracted, they're on their phone. But they've, in order to watch a movie, they've got to read the text. So they're using subtitles as a focus as a point of focus rather than just listening to or watching a movie. Wow. So there are, yes, we should be more connected, but actually we're not. Yeah, that's I'll, I'll bring the story concerning. next week. Yeah. Bill, how about you? I'm going to piggyback what Kelly said um, as far as reach out to one, pre- one, one person. But um, for me, as far as how it's been applied to my life is do do one thing for yourself. The one thing that you're putting off, the one thing that you you're regretting, or you know that that you know you need to do, that you just it it pains you, it scares you to do it. And you don't have to bite, you know, you don't have to eat the whole elephant at one time, but just take a bite, just take a single bite of it. What is one thing that you can do right now to face that fear, to to improve yourself? Um, because as you're investing in others, you also need to be investing in yourself and rounding yourself out as the best version of yourself possible. And instead of relying so, so heavily on the things that come easy, what's the hard thing for you to do and go take one action right now and go do it one, maybe not right now, take one action this week to do, to do something, to address that part, that thing that you fear one thing this week. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Um, what about you? Well, for me, you know, one thing this morning that, uh, that the voice told me was, and I, I shared this with you guys earlier is, is is to not let the enemy take any more ground, right? And so for me, I'm going through some stuff at home and, um, you know, Nina and I are, are, are in collision mode at this point and I know good things are going to come out of that. But in this, in the middle of it, it's, um, it's, it's, it just feels like a battle. And I just woke up this morning with, with this voice telling me, don't let the enemy take more ground. And so what that means for me is to stop pointing fingers, to stop posturing, to stop, uh, you know, looking outside of myself and just do what I know that I need to do. Stay focused. You know, I haven't been as disciplined this week in the core four, which is which is what helps keep me grounded. It helps keep my feet sturdy and, and on the ground. And so I kind of started that back up again today. But the message for me, the one thing for me is to is to stay and fight, understand what's important and, and just, you know, we, we call this podcast the day of the word because it is a battle every day when we wake up it's a battle over who's going to win that day and this week i've been getting my ass kicked a little bit and um the message was enough's enough don't let the enemy take more ground and and to and to fight on so that's it for me well thanks kelly for sharing thanks bill as well and thank you all for listening if you want to reach out to us you can find us on instagram the daily war is our is our name there we're we're all on that uh, in the bio if you want to reach out to each one of us our, our links are on there so thanks for listening we hope you find uh some some hope, some 
some power, some freedom in this. And may what you hear give you the, give you the courage to do the same in, in your life, in your relationship. So fight the good fight. And thanks for listening to the Day of the War podcast. Thank you.